1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the business side of things, the business side of owning a practice, specifically how to get employees into your business. And stay in your business. So, to help us navigate this, is one of our favorite guests, Jamie Schreier. He is a physical therapist, a best selling author, speaker, and founder and CEO of Practice Freedom U, a business training and coaching company. Jamie is a former private practice owner, and his book, The Practice Freedom Method, has helped scores of practitioners treat less and earn more and enjoy a life they deserve. So today, Jamie talks about changing how business owners see their employees, the three times rule, and digging deep to find clarity. And also, what can business owners do right now to hire the right people? He goes through four really uh, surprisingly simple ways to accomplish this. Um, We also talk about the importance of your vision, marketing strategies, the hiring process, and a lot more. So a big thanks to Jamie Schreier for coming back on the podcast. I think we might have to have him on once a quarter Um, and everyone enjoy today's episode. Hey, Jamie, welcome back to the podcast. I'm happy to have you on. I think you're quickly becoming my uh, most regular guest and I'm really happy and thankful for it. So welcome back.
0: Oh, thanks, Karen. I uh, appreciate being invited back and I, uh, I'm, I'm honored to be a, a regular. It's like the old school. Well, I'm, I'm dating myself here with the the Johnny Carson show. I mean, that's that's going back, and I don't want to date either one of us. But uh, it's like you know the regular guest that's on there. If they can't find anybody, yeah, there's Shrier. He's a fill-in. He he can come in there and and fill up some time.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I think I was watching um, Seth Meyers and Rachel Drack was on, and that's what they said. Rachel Drack is like. You know, someone else was supposed to be there, but I don't know if they got sick or they couldn't make it, and so they called her that afternoon. And she was like, "Sure."
0: Yeah, um, so i, I watch, something um, about her. I watch a, a sports show called PTI. Pardon the interruption. It's uh-huh. been around. It, it takes place right in DC. Um, and uh, one of the guys is called Phil and Frank. It's like if they ever need anybody, someone's out sick. You know, Frank Isola. He he, he jumps in and fills in at any you know at a moment's notice. So uh, you know, I don't know about Phil and Jamie, but. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with something. And you're not,
1: you're not filling in. You're just a regular guest.
0: Thank you. Thank yes, you. It's
1: not a fill-in. It's just a regular guest. So today, we're going to talk about something that I don't think I've really talked about on the podcast. At least I can't remember talking about this in great detail. And that is how to hire people, how to retain staff, which, you know, as we were speaking before we went on, is a problem not just in physical therapy right now, but in a lot of industries across the board, around the country. So let's dive in. So you have four surprisingly simple ways to hire and retain staff. So let's get to it.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, you know, as we know, it's a a difficult marketplace. And, And I think you know, this shift isn't just a shift that is, oh, they're going to have a shift and it's going to be all fine tomorrow. No, I'm not going to say it's not a permanent shift as far as we're always going to have this difficulty, you know, really finding good people. Um, But I do think it's a shift that um, is going to stay around as far as what people are deeming important, what people are deeming valuable. And I think it's important for us in the, um, the hiring marketplace that we begin to shift how we as business owners, and that's kind of the position I always come from being a business owner, you being a business owner, is how we need to shift our way, how we think about employees. You know, it, it's interesting, um, you know, I speak to so many people every day, every week, uh, whether they're clients or, or, or just people out and about in, in, the, in the business industry. And in You know, I can't tell you, Karen, how many times people talk about employees as a cost, right? It's like, oh, how much are they gonna cost? And and oh, I I don't know if I can afford them, and all they care about is wanting more money and this and that. And I'm, you know, and it and it it kind of hits me because I I think the first thing we have to do collectively, at least as a as a group of of business owners, is, is start to shift that. Your employees, besides you, your employees are the most important people in your life, in your business life. And if you don't mentally look at them as an investment, just like you look at any other investment you're doing, that will bleed into other things. It'll bleed to how you treat them. It'll bleed into some of the things you say or some of the things that you create or benefits or whatever the case is. And I've seen that so often, I used to do that because I used to kind of think that way is, they were a cost, come in, do your job, shut up and just leave me alone type of thing. And you know that is not the right way, it's never been the right way but now more than ever, that's kind of the premise of all of this is shifting in, these people are an investment and investments are things that you want to nurture you want to help, you want to grow, you want to be assets. And I think it takes that fundamental shift before anything, because if not, everything just becomes an empty strategy or something, but it won't hold, it won't have teeth to it if, if there isn't that shift in, in how we think. You know what I mean?
1: I do. I do. And I think that's a really great distinction that you made that- Uh, for employers to look at their employees as a real investment, because if that employee is nurtured and you help them grow, they can help grow and expand your business in ways that you never thought could even be possible.
0: Exactly. And it sounds simple. It's easy to read in a book or listen on a wonderful podcast, but actually doing it in the moment is not as easy to do because we have wiring ourselves, we have thoughts, we have biases, we have upbringings and influences in our lives as we all do. And these things, you know, whether you call them you know, limiting beliefs or, 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 or negative biases, we have all of these things that start to affect how we think and how we communicate um, and how we ultimately you know, put into action some of these things. And if you don't feel that way, you don't think that way, it will come out during how you interview, how you post an ad. I mean, you know, I can be very honest with you. I know, you know, my ads used to be going on. I don't even know if it was Indeed at the time, but going on whatever the latest thing was, uh, Craigslist or something. And just looking at another company and just copying their ad. I mean, I didn't know what to say. I didn't really know what I was doing. But I just thought, hey, if the hospital, you know, put an ad up, they must know what they're doing because they got, you know, a lot of money and they hire good people. So my ad was basically a hospital ad. And what's interesting is so many, so many people continue to do that. They they, they put up some vanilla job ad on indeed and they're like, well, this used to work. It ain't working anymore. You cannot do that anymore. It's not going to get you people. And it's certainly not going to get you the right people. Um, You know, the real, the real thing right now is, you know, truly differentiating yourself, leading with the positives and you know, I know we'll get into this in a second, but really looking at these people, looking at these potential um, employees as investments and learning how do you meet them where they are, right? There, there's an old marketing term is you know, you know, meet your prospects where they are, join the conversation they're having in their brain, which really means is understand them perhaps better than they can understand themselves. Do, do, your, do your research. And you know I never knew anything like that, but I think that that's, that's what we all need to do is pause for a second and really understand the type of person that we're looking for and learn as much about them. And when you're able to do that, you're able to put together what's, what's called a, an employee value proposition. You know, you've we've heard and we talk marketing, unique selling proposition, all kinds of different propositions. But this idea of a of an EVP, an employee value proposition, yes, our job is to seek out and actually sell people on what we have to offer, why they should buy quotes, what we're selling, and it is a different way of looking at it. And for a lot of people, it's uncomfortable. And it's like, I shouldn't have to do that. This is some of the things I've heard, you know, I shouldn't have to do that. They should want to work for me. You know, we give the greatest care and, and, and we're the best at what we do. And we really you know care about our people and all that. It's like, yeah, but so does everybody else.
1: That's what I was just thinking. Doesn't everybody?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know, Karen. I know you care just a little bit more than I do about, quality care. and I know that. I mean, but that's that's the, the mindset we come with. What we don't come with is we need to put our best foot forward and we need to understand these people that we are trying. I know we hate the S word, but we are trying to, I'll say the P word instead, persuade them for coming to interview with us. And then if we like them, persuade them to commit to working for us. And you know what? When you have the ability to get pretty much any job you want out there, you put a posting out there, you got 10 potential offers, maybe 20. You're in competition with a lot of other people and you have to realize that and have to do the work. It's not hard work, but it's focused work to understand more about who you're trying to get than you ever needed to do in the past. So that's kind of the premise of the whole thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I was gonna say, is this part of these like we mentioned the top kind of simple ways to hire and retain staff? Is this part of it, or is this the background you need to do to get to there? Well, I,
0: I think I think it's the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean, you could put it in there, but I, you know, for this for this conversation, I'm I'm kind of setting the stage of of the background of where people need to be coming from. I mean, the bottom line is. Uh, why should they work for you? It, it's, it's really that simple. Why mm-hmm. should they work for you? Because they can work for someone else no matter what you say, one an hour, two an hour, whatever, there's, there's already 10 other people doing the same thing. So, you know, one of the things that now we're going to get into the specifics, you know, one of the things we talked about, you know, we need to treat them like an investment, but it goes beyond that. We need to understand, number one thing that every owner needs to do is understand what their worth is. Did some research on this. There's a, a recent Gallup poll. And they said 60%, 64% of employees said that a significant increase in income and benefits was their number one want. Now, which is interesting, it wasn't necessarily number one a little while ago. It was never number one. For many years, it was never even in the top five. Money was not the focus. Well, it is now. And you can't blame them because let's see, education is a fortune, right? Some people I know in our industry are saying it's not even worth it. If you look on paper, just money you invest in education, and when you get it back, you might be in debt for 20 years before you actually pay it off, depending if you have two, three, four hundred thousand. You have inflation, it just costs more to live. In some of these cities, like yours and mine, it costs a lot to live. Well, you know, you adjust for the insurance that you get. If you do take insurance, it's not covering that. So they expect the employer to do that. So this, this question of, you know, what is their worth? I've, I've heard from so many people that say to me, you know, I can't afford that. And I say, OK, well, what can you afford? Well, I don't know. And there's the problem. You need to know what this person is worth to your company at the level that you want them working. So, for instance, I like to use a three multiple and a typical outpatient example. So, if you're a typical outpatient, um, orthopedics, not, you know, insurance based, most likely, but it it really depends. And, your multiple of salary, not benefits, not taxes, and anything, just salary, it has to be at least three times. Meaning that if you pay someone seventy-five thousand, that person should produce two hundred and twenty-five thousand in revenue—a three multiple. It's just a ballpark. Could it be less than a three? It could be. It really depends how what your expenses are like, what your rent like. Um, you know, your other overhead and all that kind of stuff to make sure that you can cover all that and still have money for profit. Let's not forget profit. Um, if it's greater than that, you should be really clear. You should be fine. So it's our job to really dial in what can this person generate and then use that ballpark three times to determine what you can afford. So. This shines a light, Karen, and I've, and, and I've had uh, some recent conversations with people and analyzing their business. This shines a light on people's business models. Some people's business models, they have this altruistic, well, I want to do one patient an hour. I'm like, hey, you know, we don't tell people what your model should be. We just tell you whether it's going to be profitable and it's going to achieve the goals that you want, especially the financial goals. So if you do one patient an hour, at $100 a visit, I can tell you right now, there is no way you're ever going to be able to afford the people to work for you, that stay with you, it's it's literally impossible because there's not enough money. Let's say it's one patient an hour that, that's at the greatest eight a, week, eight a day in an eight hour day, which is not gonna happen. So let's say it's 30 or 35 um, you know, a week at 100 bucks, it's 3,500, that's $14,000 a month. That's 144 you know, 150000 $160,000 a year. You're going to afford $50,000 therapists. And most people don't look at it like that, Karen. They go into this and they look at it in the, yeah, but I want to deliver, you know, quality care one an hour, but they don't, they haven't done all the numbers whether they can actually build a business on that. Now, can they work for themselves and be a, like you and I were talking about before the show, a solopreneur? Sure. They can do that. You can just give yourself a job and you might be able to make some decent money, but that's a job, right? That's just a self-employed job. And if that's what you want, that's fine. But if you want to hire people and actually build a business where it gives you freedom, you're going to have to make a decision. But that's that's so many times where people kind of have the wake up call and be like, oh, man, I need to change kind of how we're doing. No wonder I don't have any money in the bank, even though we're 90% utilization. I mean, that's a horrible feeling when you're working your butt off, everyone's working their butt off and there's still no money. That's a fundamental flaw. So that's, that's kind of the um, surprisingly simple way is just get clear on what you can afford. Use the three times as just a guideline and see what A, you expect them, how productive do you expect them to be? Is it 80%, 85%, whatever visits you want? Multiply that by how much you get paid per visit and just see what that looks like. That's where you need to start. Then you can answer the question, how much you can afford. You can answer the question, what the therapist is worth to your practice, how much they can generate. Um, And um, at least it gives you more data to know if the person says 80,000 and you've never given anybody more than seventy-two. You know what? You might be able to afford that, and it might be a really good hire if they're a good fit. So, anyways, that's that's kind of a the the number one thing that I'll start with.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. Practical, easy to understand. What's next? What else can okay. we do to hire the right people?
0: Yeah. So, um, number two is a biggie, um, and this is uh, comes to Forbes magazine talks about this. I call it be on purpose, be on purpose. Um, According to Forbes, employees want to work for a company that has a purpose, right? And we have a such a deep purpose, us as, as therapists, caregivers. We are healers. We're healing the world. And sometimes that message gets lost. Sometimes we forget that message about what we're really doing. Sometimes we speak about metrics and productivity and we lose the message about what we're doing this for. And other times it's all about the quality, the quality, and we have a business that is in financial instability. So how do we become on purpose? Well, the first thing is we have to get a vision. We have to get a vision. Simon Sinek talked about a vision as a just cause. There was an interesting um, um, TED talk that he was talking about, or maybe it wasn't a TED talk, it was just a video, but he was talking about having a just cause. Like a vision needs to be your North Star. A vision needs to be inspiring. And the first person your vision needs to inspire is you. If you're not inspired by your vision, like you know, Karen, if it's like, what's your vision? You share a vision and you're like, so, you know, how do you feel about there? And you're like, eh, whatever. If you're not inspired, you're not going to share that vision to others. And if you don't have a vision, we'll put in values. You know, values don't have to be these company values that you see in whatever commercials and they're on some rock outside the thing. Values are your beliefs. What do you believe in? What do you believe about the work that you do? Why is this work so darn important to you? People want to be connected to something. They can get a job working anywhere. So why do they want to work for you? What are you about? What is your story in your business? I share my story a lot. I've shared it on on your podcast many, many times. Um, And more people come up to me and say, oh, my God, I resonated with your story. I didn't have a fire and burn down my place, but I've had some really difficult times. We are story people. We love movies. We love plays. We love diving into stories. What is it about your business? How did you get it started? What it means to you? Because during an interview, that's what people are going to connect to. That's what's being on purpose. So take some time and write down what your vision is, what your story is, what your values are, what does this is mean to you? And use that with your current team, of course, but also you can use that in your um, interview process.
1: Yep. I love it. That was a huge part of what I did, you know, maybe two years ago was really being intentional and looking at mission, vision, and values and really understanding why. I do what I do, why I started my practice, why I decided to go out on my own. And it was really enlightening and um, made me appreciate the business that I have so much more. So if, if you are a business owner out there and you haven't, like maybe you've written down like a mission, vision, and values a while ago just to have it on your website or just to do it, I would suggest go back, revisit it, and really think about who you are as a person, why you decided to start your practice, what is really important to you. Another thing that um, I talked about at Ascend and that we did in um, the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program was they had us find like a totem. So this totem could be, um, it could be a phrase, it could be a physical object. um, It could be a mythical creature, if you will, whatever you want that encapsulates why you do what you do or encapsulates your vision. And I remember thinking, totem, I don't know, what i don't even know what that what do i have a totem and they're like yeah just let it and then i was like oh of course i do because it's been my sort of guidance for i don't know 18 years now so even before i moved to new york city before i started my practice i was sort of obsessed with um the cathedral by rodin which is two right hands coming together. So when you look at it quickly, it looks like a right and a left hand. It's actually two right hands. So it's two right hands coming together, not touching. So I always looked at that as like therapist and patient coming together with space in the middle to kind of grow and move. But you could take that into you and an employee. It could be you and a partner, but it's coming together, but not fully, but having that space in the middle, having space for... New things to come. So that was kind of my totem. And I didn't even realize it until I did this, went deeper into this process two years ago. So I highly suggest people, if you've already done it, do it again.
0: Yeah. You know, it, it, I, love, I love your story and I love what, what you're sharing. I, you know, I think that as, um, as highly left brain, analytical, um, very smart people, I think sometimes we have a difficult time going deep. Uh, Cal Newport, um, who actually is here in Georgetown, University of Georgetown, you know, talks about deep work, going below the superficial, and we have a tough time with that. Um, I don't know if we have a tough time being vulnerable, which I know we do, uh, a lot of people do, uh, but vulnerability is power. Um, that'll be maybe my next talk here. Um, but I, you know, we we have a tough time of um, going below the, the, the superficial and going into the real deep where the real work happens, the feelings, the emotions, the connections of why do you do what you do? You don't have to, you can do anything you want. Why this? You don't have to start your business. No one forced you to, why? It's bigger than I didn't like my boss. That's why you started. It's, it's bigger than that. You have to go deeper. And um, when you do, you get such clarity and, because, and when clarity happens, you get power, you get confidence and you get dialed in. And when you have that kind of focus, that's where magic happens, uh, because other than that, it's a noisy world and it's easy to get distracted. I mean, it's easy to get distracted by everybody else's stuff. So, so important, because here's the thing, when you when you dialed in on your your vision, your story, you, what, who you are, I'll tell you what one thing is going to happen. These people are going to come into your world, candidates or whatever. They're going to know who you are. They're going to know what you're about. They're going to know where you're headed. Now, whether they choose to be a part of it or not, that's their choice. But there's not going to be a confusion about what you're about. And you know what? Give me that every day of the week because what I don't want is, nah, they're just, I don't know, it's kind of like everybody else. Stand for something, draw a line and it starts by doing that deep work. So that's number two. My next one is, is one of my favorites. Um, it's hire for traits, train for skill. Um, I, I feel as, a, as an industry that we have become infatuated with advancement um, and I don't and it's you mean it's you
1: mean all those initials after your name?
0: Well well Karen, let's just say it we've become infatuated with 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 certifications with initials with with almost to say Karen, I got 28 initials Karen I'm better than you. I'm a good person. I'm a great therapist because I'm really really smart. Well, guess what, Karen? You were smart when you graduated. You're smarter than better than 1%, you know, 99% of the world. You were already smart. How much more do you need for you to look in the mirror and say, you know what? You're good enough. You're okay. Because you can't remember 90% of the stuff that you're learning anyways. I don't know where that certification and that more and more is better. I mean, there's definitely a financial part there because, of course, people get paid for the more education and there's people that are doing that, that are highly paid, but you know, this idea of the more letters, the better I'll be. Now here's the problem with hiring with that. Cause you're like, Jamie, where the hell is the connection? The connection is this because you can get enamored with a resume with someone that has two things. One, a lot of experience. We love that. And two, a lot of initials because in our head, We've taken that. And I've had people tell me that on so many occasions, well, well, they have experience in a ton of uh, certifications. I go, and well, I just assume I go, yeah, I just hope that they would, I thought that they would what, well, I just thought that because of that, they would just be this amazing person that walked in and they would do things the way that I would do them. They would just own it and they would just be amazing. And I said, yeah. Yeah. No, that's not what makes them amazing. You see, being a professional is not about having all that stuff. It's okay to have it if you want to have it, if you want to learn. But you know what? What are the traits, the characteristics that you're looking for with a person? Whether it's a front desk, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a clinical director. Who are they? Who are you looking for? Because that's the person that's going to walk in and that's the person you're going to get. The other aspects, the skill, let's face it, we can train someone for any skill that's out there. There is a course for it. There is, of course, a certification for it. There is a continuing ed for it. But you can't really change who someone is. If they're not a timely person, then they're not a timely person. If they're an introvert, they're an introvert. I mean, if you want an extrovert people person and you hire an introvert with a great resume, you're gonna get an introvert with a great resume. But if you hire someone hungry, if you hire someone that just has the, 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 the characteristics, the character that you're looking for, who believes in what you're doing, who shares your values of integrity, of timeliness, of commitment, of just doing what's right. Give me that person every day of the week and I will train them on the other stuff. But Karen, here's where some of the challenges occur. What if you don't actually have a training process? What if you don't really have a hiring and onboarding process? It's kind of some, I don't know, just something you kind of do. There, there lies the problem. The real challenge is you don't have that. And if you don't have that, you do the hope and pray method. I hope, I ha- the, the, the words that kill me is, Jamie, I think I hired a rock star. And I go, oh boy, here <laughs> we go. Because hiring a rock star is the hope and pray method. In your mind, they're a rock star because you are hoping that they are because you don't have time to deal with this. Because you need to move on to something else because you are overwhelmed. Give me someone who's passionate at playing the guitar and I will turn them into a rock star, but a rock star at my place. I don't need a rock star at someone else's place because rarely, if ever, does that convey in someone being that A player at my place. So that's the biggest thing. Really sit down, write down what are the characteristics that you want for this position? Are they outgoing, high quick start? You know, talk about their emotional uh, intelligence. Are they detailed oriented? They follow through communication skills, um, you know, relational skills, like really get clear again on the type of person that you want. And if they're not that person, no matter what their resume says, then maybe they might fit another position, but you want to be really careful about bringing them in because it's an expensive endeavor that you're making. You don't want to make the wrong investment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm just going to repeat that one more time. Hire for traits, train for skill, just so people have that embedded into their brain. Hire for traits,
0: train for skill.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. What's the last one?
0: Last one, expand your reach. Look, marketing is about awareness the more you create awareness out in the world, the more opportunities and people come to you. We are in the marketing of looking for candidates. So we have to use that same mentality. We're trying to find good people. We need to ramp up our efforts. So we need more effort and we need to expand our reach. We need to explore every channel and open every door that's out there and apply a massive amount of action for a long period of time. This doesn't end. We are all talent scouts. It never ends. As long as you're trying to grow, you're always looking for talent. And if there's a if you find someone, you'll figure out a way to bring them in because you'll know what they're worth to you. So what are some things you can do? LinkedIn had a, a friend of mine do LinkedIn strategy. Which is basically connect with, with people, connect with. I mean, LinkedIn's a twenty four hour, seven day a week uh, networking site. They just connected with people, just generally connected with people, and then um, you know said, hey, by the way, I, I'm you know I'm looking for this particular type of person. Do you know of anybody? Would you mind sharing the this ad, sharing this job description uh, with your network? I'd really appreciate it. And They're like, sure. Now all of a sudden, he had five, six, seven people, ten people sharing this. Within a week, he had someone in Texas saying, actually, you know what? I'm just finishing up my rotation, which was kind of weird because it was at the same place that he actually did a rotation at, um, you know, some massive uh, uh, sports place in Texas. And the person, he's flying them up for an interview here. I mean, mean, that costs nothing. It costs nothing. So LinkedIn, your staff, if you have a decent staff, They like working there. Well, guess what? Their staff, their, your staff has a network of people, especially your therapist, give them a referral bonus, ask them to reach out to their people, you know, um, great way to network. And, and, uh, we've hired lots of people through people that already work for us. Um, your past patients, your contact lists, you know, again, sounds simple, Put it out there. Hey, we're growing. We're looking for, and be specific, we're looking for someone to join our team, someone that has these qualities. Um, If if you have to, uh, every state has a list you can purchase. All right, I I did this several times. I purchased a list. It wasn't very expensive. They give you addresses. They don't give you email addresses. It's funny. I can actually go to your home right now, Karen, because you're on that list. I can go to your home in New York, but God forbid, I can't email you. Right. And you can, just, you can just say unsubscribe or, 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 or just delete me. But I can go to your house. I never really understood that one, but that's the way it is. You can purchase a list. You can send them a letter. Hey, put your best foot forward. Send them a great letter about the position. Are they interested? Do they know someone? And guess what? Nobody really gets any good mail anymore. They're going to open up your letter. So that's a little more expensive, but it's still worth it. Mm-hmm. And of course, your network. Past candidates, students. Um, a longer term approach would be have a student program. It's the best way to do a 12 week interview with them, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, uh, you know. Obviously, there's there's you know companies out there, there's recruiters out there. Definitely a bit more expensive, but if you know what the value is of them, of 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 the person that uh, you're going to bring on board, then it might be an investment that's worth it to you. So the key is. If you are a business that's growing, then you can never stop looking for talent. And once you do that, you will start to bring in people, quality people. Look, most of us aren't these massive companies that need 10, 20 therapists. One or two people can make all the difference. So let's shift your mind out of the idea that there's nobody out there. There's no good people out there. There are. You don't need a million people. What you need is to get very clear on who you're looking for, and you need to put a massive amount of effort behind it into networks. And I promise you'll find somebody a lot quicker than you think. But don't just put an ad on Indeed that you got from another person and think that's all you need to do. It definitely takes a lot more effort these days.
1: Yeah, all right. So I'm gonna recap. So yes, understanding what uh what their worth is. So that's that three times uh, rule. Uh, yep. be on purpose, make sure you have a purpose, be clear on your vision values and mission. Yep. Uh, hire for traits, not train for skill, and finally expand your reach. Yes. So in all great ways for uh Owners of any business, of course, here we're sort of talking about physical therapy, but I think great advice for any business owner in this atmosphere that we are currently in, in an economic downturn, in a time where it seems like, man, I cannot find good talent, right? So it's looking inward at yourself as to what you're putting out into the world and then putting yourself out there to find those right people.
0: Absolutely. I got a fifth bonus one if you want.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Um, bonus one here, slow it down, kind of contrary to put massive effort, but hear me on this. So the biggest challenge we have right now as people, especially as business owners, the biggest challenge we have is a lack of focus. If we could just focus on what we wanted to get done, we'd get it done because we're doers and we can get things done, but we can't because of all of the distraction that's going on. Well, guess what? Most people hire out of a reaction of something else happening, either someone quit or, oh my God, we have an influx of people. So you're reacting to that. And when you react to something like that, this becomes emotional. And when it becomes emotional, we basically just want to solve the problem and move on because we're overwhelmed. When you slow it down, you slow it down in the form of a process. It's a hiring process right? One of, the, one of the most important things that I learned that I did is have actually a clear step by step process and not miss any of them. Because when I did this before, quick little story, I didn't have a process for a long time. You know, I had an ad and I put it out there or whatever, and I hired people. But when I was interviewing people, I wasn't interviewing them. I was basically trying to sell them to come in. I would literally ask them a question and give them the answers to it. Hey, Karen, you know, our values is integrity and honesty, and, 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 you know, we like to have fun. Is that, is that, do you believe in that too? I mean, that's an IQ test. All you have to do is say, um, yeah, I do. I go, I thought you did. Hey, this is a great place. I'd love to have you. Would you want to come on board? I'll give you whatever you want. Like, just, I don't have time for this crap. I got other things to do. Let me bring in probably one of the most important people that I'm ever going to hire. This was for a clinical director job that I did a half hour interview and that was it. That was the entire interview process. Half hour, hired the person. Unfortunately, the person ended up getting arrested six months later. Why? Because, let's see, the person improperly touched a woman during a screening process. Well, guess what? My board found out in Maryland and I was called in an investigation and asked 156 questions and learned a lot about HR. Learned a lot about having processes. Learned a lot about having policies and procedures. And then I started doing much more of a background check than I ever did. All I did is check to see if he had a license in Maryland. Oh, guess what? In another state, he was on probation for doing something very similar. But he he didn't report it to me, which was on him. He was supposed to. But I didn't even check. Right? I didn't even have, you know, I just assumed that his references were good. So, It sounds like, well, Jamie, you're a moron. Well, maybe so. But what I ended up creating was a very clear step-by-step process that slowed me down to make sure I did a resume review and did a checklist on it. I made sure I did a phone interview, knowing what questions to ask. Then I did an in-person interview. Then I did a work interview and a work shadowing. Then we did background checks. And then we did... I slowed down everything to a process. Now, you can go through the process pretty quickly, but you're still checking the boxes because it was a protection for the company. You see this person getting arrested and doing this stuff, that's on me, that's on the owner. And then I come to find out that he was a little creepy to the rest of the staff, who of course never told me anything because I was very high on this person. So having a process and slowing things down is critical. Because once you do that, you then can continue to do that for every person you're hiring, and eventually you can delegate that. So that's my fifth thing is, is uh, slowing it down and, and creating a, uh, uh, a process in this.
1: Yeah. Great advice. That's a crazy story. Holy cow. Oh yeah. yeah so it definitely behooves you to do a good background check and really make sure this is the right person for your practice. Wow. All right. So, um, as we wrap things up, what do you want people to leave with?
0: Well, I mean, look, this, this is not easy right now in our world and, you know, I gave you, I gave you you know, five actual, um, Things that you can do right now. And, um, you know, it's 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 hard. And, and, you know, one of the things that I've that I've created um, during my turmoil as a business owner for 15 years is I created my own process. And I turned that process actually into a program, into a course called the Right Fit Hire Course. And um, I've used it in my own business, ended up hiring really great people, you know, quadrupling my business and ended up selling it. And now I've used it with hundreds of other people. And what I'd like to do is I like to offer that to your audience. The course is, is, is normally 4 ninety seven, um, but I like to offer your audience, uh, take $200 off, um, you know, just, just you know, you'll, you'll, you'll put the link up there, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's... <laughs> This is going to save you a ton of time, ton of energy. It's already split up into how to um, you know, recruit great people, attract great people, qualify them, what the interview questions are, how to do the checklist. It even has job descriptions, sample job descriptions, sample ads, uh, sample offer letters. It has all the done for you templates. I did all of that stuff. It even has an onboarding process and even a training process. So it goes through all four of those components, how to bring in people, how to qualify them, how to onboard and train them. So it's it's two ninety seven. You'll see you'll see all the things that it includes on there. But that's you know, I want to help people during this trying time. And it's just something that I've used and so many other people have used successfully that I think would be uh, very beneficial to your people.
1: That's incredible. So again, if you're listening, head over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com and the show notes of this episode, we'll have a link. So one click will take you right to this. So this is a great opportunity. So if you are in the hiring mind, I highly suggest uh, for you to check out this course from Jamie. Thank you so much. Now, Jamie, where can people find you?
0: Oh, they can find me at uh, Jamie at uh, practicefreedomu.com. If you want to email me personally, you can go to the website, which is practicefreedomu, the letter u.com. You can check that out. Um, and um, yeah, and I'm all over social media. You don't have to look far and you'll uh, see me all over there. And um, yeah, if you want to reach out, say hello, feel free to do so.
1: Perfect. And again, we'll have all those links in the show notes as well. So last question, what advice would you give to your younger self? Now you got to keep coming up with new pieces of advice. See, this uh, is the hard part.
0: No, I mean, the, the pieces of advice is, you know, and I, and I think about this more and more. It's like, Jamie, be vulnerable, be open. Uh, one of the books I read, you know, talked about being a broken, broken, open heart warrior. Be a broken, open heart warrior. We all are broken. We're not perfect but just open your heart, allow the good stuff coming in. There's a lot of great people in the world who want to help you, but it's hard to be helped when you think you know it all and you're closed off and you're, and you're just resistance. And, and, and I've been like that for, for so long, for so many years. And my world changed when I just started to be open and vulnerable and say, you know what? I don't have all the answers. And that's when so many good things started coming into my life. And I always try to remind myself when I start to get a little bit of too much ego and, uh, remind myself a little bit of, you know, be, be vulnerable. It's a powerful thing.
1: Yeah. I love it. That is excellent advice. Jamie, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Um, I know this information will help so many people. So thank you so much.
0: Oh, thank you, Karen. Appreciate being back.
1: Absolutely. And everyone, thanks so much for tuning in, have a great rest of your week and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart.